Hey friends, I'm Lauren. And I'm Katie, and welcome to Okay, But Did You Know? A podcast where we talk about the TV and media that we love with a friend who's never seen it before. Today we're recapping and chatting about Once Upon a Time, episode 104, The Price of Gold. This episode aired on November 13th, 2011. It was written by David H. Goodman and directed by David Solomon. So before we go into our uh, notes and recapping and crazy chaos, uh, let's go over a little bit of synopsis for the episode. In the Enchanted Forest, Cinderella wishes to change her life and go to the ball. When her fairy godmother appears to grant her wish, she gets a little more than she bargained for when Rumpelstiltskin blows her to fairy dust for her wand. He warns Cinderella that magic is dangerous and it always comes with a price. The two strike a deal that gives her the boost she needs to meet her prince, and on her wedding day, Rumpel comes to inform her of his payment, her firstborn child. She wants to keep her child, and with the help of Charming, Grumpy, and the Blue Fairy, they're able to imprison the Dark One, where he can never torment the land with his deals again. And in Storybrooke, Emma wants to stay, but she still doesn't have any roots. Her stuff may have been delivered, and she has a place to stay, but she'll still need to work eventually. After a chance encounter with a maid at Granny's B&B, Emma convinces Ashley to take control of her life, and Ashley tries to run out on a deal with Mr. Gold. He tasks Emma with getting back his merchandise, Ashley's unborn child. With the help of Henry and Ruby, they're able to get Ashley back to the hospital in time to give birth, and Emma makes a deal that Ashley can keep her child if Emma owes Mr. Gold a favor. Through it all, she decides it's time to put down some roots and become Deputy Emma Swan. At least the job comes with dental. <laughs> I just want to start with just before we get into anything Graham's insistence like that's the one thing he can come up with is that the job comes with dental um, that's okay but like his whole okay, go ahead. Uh, my note was just flat out trying to hire Emma as a deputy is wild to me she does technically have some experience but what I mean this is one of those things where it's like that's not how that works no. like you can't just his whole thing of like it's my department. That's not how it works. You can't just hire a random person and deputize them. Like, you gen like, I'm pretty sure there's, like, civil service exams or something along the there's lines of that. There's a lot involved. Like, it, it's just, you can't just hire people. Mm -hmm. That's not how that there's works. There's, like, tests and, like, I remember trying to go for a job uh, with the post, like, with, with the police office. Or whatever, mm -hmm. and to be like yeah. any type of that position, they had a physical test and everything. And if you didn't pass the physical, you didn't even move on to the next step. So yeah, there's so many requirements and so much that goes into that. So when Graham's like, "Yeah, here's here's dental insurance," I was like, "What the fuck, Graham? Like, what are you talking about?" It's like, dude, that's just that's not how that works. It's just because you you claim it's your department does not mean that you can just deputize literally anybody. Unfortunately. That does become a thing as the okay no, I was like, unfortunately it does become a thing as the show goes on that just literally anyone can start working for the uh, the sheriff's department. There is an election at some point, which makes sense since no one else has gone up against Regina. No, I mean an election for the sheriff's department. Oh my god! No, Regina's Regina's the mayor forever. Forever. Okay, well, actually, not forever. There is a brief moment, but I can't talk about that yet. That's okay. like three seasons okay. away for right now. So here's just a quick laugh for you, though. Uh, I see. I seem to like to timestamp the first comment, but only the first comment. A minute and 40 seconds in, I just typed, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> is that when he blows up the fairy godmother? he blows up fairy godmother? I was like, why? I mean, obviously, the, the, obviously we see why. Yeah, he wanted the wand. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, he's, I mean, the show always gears towards, like, the more visually dramatic way of doing things. And, I mean, to be fair, so does Rumple. He's very dramatic. He's very, all the flair and all, like, all of that other stuff. So Which he's, I love. Like, it's so much fun to watch. But it's just, like, it is a little dramatic to quite literally blow her to fairy dust. Like, didn't think of an, any other way to get the wand. Let's just blow her to smithereens. Exactly. I was trying to think if there's any other times that we've seen a fairy die, basically. I think there's only one other instance of this, I think. More fairies die? Only one. As as oh, far as God. I can remember, I think only one. And many years from now. Okay. Many years from now. <laughs> many years from It's now. gonna be a while. Yeah, before you see that happen again. I, I did. I mean, Ruby's in the episode, so of course it's Ruby in all caps and then in parentheses, <laughs> I am no better than a man. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, I also just wrote Ruby in all caps at one point. (laughs) Uh, The interaction between Emma and Regina in the diner Mm -hmm. made me a happy person. Like the tension. It is a good moment. And like for a couple of episodes, Regina will have a little more to do in the next episode. Um, But it for some reason watching it this time around, I noticed that like for two episodes, really. Regina is just kind of there to pop in, create tension and say something mean and walk away. Makes sense. Which like is, is fine. I'm okay watching that. Um, Cause she's there pretty much just, just kind of stir the pot when it comes to Emma. But I do enjoy just the way she's just there to taunt her with like the, that's right. I know everything. Like she just, she knows it all. She's the mayor. She's got eyes everywhere. She's got her hands and everything. Well, and she, she knows what's happening. I'm tell I told you I told you I I I believe she knows about the curse. I can neither confirm nor deny. What is my prize if I'm right? The pride of a job well done. I'll take it. It's something. <laughs> At least I did something right. Here you go. <laughs> but I can neither confirm nor deny whether Regina knows what's going on. Um but for now she's just kind of there to torment Emma and we're here to enjoy it, honestly. It's very enjoyable. I think so. But I just, I need to, about that scene, Emma knocking over the hot chocolate is the most awkward thing ever. It really is. Like, it's very clear that was a blocking thing and they couldn't figure out a way to make it look a little more natural. But like. Because then like pushing the table is too obvious of Regina just being exactly. thick. It's, it's a good yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's um, more of Emma just kind of hastily getting up. Oh, I did write down this scene. I just wrote, Gina, honey, calm the fuck down. I tend to just shorten names most of the time. So in my notes, I've got Gina instead of Regina. I have MM instead of Mary Margaret because that's just easier. Oh, yeah. They went with a very long name for Snow White. It is a very long name. I don't know if that was... I I mean, there's a nod to it later on in the season. But I don't know why they went with that. Well, I mean, like you said, she was supposed to be a nun. And Mary Margaret's a very nun-like name. That's true. It is. And also this time I noticed the cross, the cross necklace that she was wearing, the pilot is gone immediately. That is hilarious. I can't imagine Snow White as a nun. Me neither. Especially now that we've got Charming back. Exactly. Which I, uh, later on, um, Rumple said she was charming and I just, I don't know why I enjoyed that so much. Yeah. They like, they like leading in those little details. It was very enjoyable. The uh, the O that Emma lets out when she finds out the girl's pregnant is yeah 
oh, like oh. It, it's like if it were not PG or PG or whatever it is, the rating is, it would have been oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's TV fourteen. I think given the time slot that it's on, it might be lower than that. But yeah, it's like have you ever tried bleach and it's just pregnant belly? It's like oh fuck, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> So I can, again, we can neither confirm nor deny whether Regina knows about the curse or really whether the curse is real or not. The Let's curse real is real. Okay, you're certain about that? I mean, the entire premise of the show is that these people are all in this town because of a curse. If it weren't real, I mean, yeah. I'd be severely confused and worried. Like, okay. okay, so we'll we'll operate under the fact that the curse is real. When the show was originally written, I think they were trying to make it seem like the curse, like what, like we don't know. There is a moment of reveal coming soon that's meant to be this big, like, oh shit, the curse mm-hmm. is real, Henry's right kind of thing. So like, it's me- you're meant to kind of be like, is it real? Is it just all in his head? I don't know. Look, if we go through this entirety of this show, years of doing this, and they're all in a mental, mental hospital, um, I don't know how I'm gonna feel. I'm just saying. I can't say something I want to say. I don't like being right all the time. Anyone who's seen season six knows why I'm laughing. Oh no, I'm gonna. It's gonna be so long till I get there. Yeah, you'll you'll get more clarity. There, the the reason why I'm laughing is not like really. I mean, it's not whole show plot pertinent. This will be interesting keep that in mind but i was i was saying we're operating under like the the guys that the curse is real um we are just going to ignore the fact that ashley was essentially pregnant or like nine months pregnant for 28 years we're just going to ignore that that sounds like hell it does but again because if if we're operating under the way the curse works she doesn't feel pregnant for 28 years they don't know that 28 years has gone by right it's like it's not really because it's it's not quite a groundhog's day situation like they're not going through the exact same motions Mm -hmm. but time kind of continually moves and doesn't move in that like they always feel like the like events of their past if they remember them happened the same amount of time away kind of like the simpsons where like the characters never age but like in episodes that you'll see bart being two years old in the episodes in the 90s they're talking about like the like the late 80s early 90s Versus like episodes now where Bart is two, they're talking about like the mid 2010s because that's what makes sense for right now. Bob's kind of does that too, actually. I kind of exactly because you have moments and like Tina had her birthday, Mm -hmm. and and now she's that, and it kind of continues off from there. So yeah, exactly. So it's like the, the the same things like will happen. So like figure like Mary Margaret. Like, say she's 28, like, the idea that her and Emma are the same age, so figure she's 28 when we first see them. So right now, her birthday in her mind is 1983, but if we go back to 1983, then when the, when they would have, like, timing-wise, when, like, the curse would have happened, at that time, her birthday would have been, like, oh, what is that math, like, 1958 or Oh, you're asking like the wrong person to do numbers. I don't know, it was, it was like, 1950s, something like <laughs> you don't, that. I don't number. <laughs> 1960s i don't know okay there there we go so that's actually what's happening something happened at the end of why women kill yes <laughs> and now we're exactly here. <laughs> exactly beth ann got stuck and in, got sucked into a vortex yes and that's why everything's confusing it's exactly what happened same with rita castillo she also got stuck in, stuck <laughs> sucked into the vortex <laughs> I really wish they'd gotten a third season of that show just to see what other Once Upon a Time actor they could have pulled out of thin air. I'm still working on that one, slowly but surely, because I keep forgetting it exists. 
That's fair. I'll watch an episode, move on to the next day. It'll be like two weeks. And I'm like, oh, wait, I was watching this. Okay, you'll so. you'll enjoy this note very yes. much, I think. I I just wrote, I imagine that Jennifer Goodwin is the n- nicest in person. I, I really want to hope that she is because she just seems like such a sweetheart in general. She does in everything she does. Everything. She's just, she... She is Snow White in every conceivable way. It was the perfect casting. Mm-hmm. It really was. So is Regina, though. The casting on this show is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like, just in general, as the show goes on, you'll start seeing things like who who they bring in for various shows. And, like, even, honestly, even uh, the actor playing uh, Cinderella in this one, like, I think she fits their version of it very well. Um, and I do have some fun facts about her casting. I'd love it the okay but did you know um this is actually um my bad uh i have this tendency to assume most of like the one weekend guest stars despite the fact that like kristen bauer in the second episode this is kristen bauer an oral person from L- like person from la for some reason for the ones that i just didn't know i kind of assumed they were like vancouver day players like people that like local like local hires mm-hmm. that was my assumption i was incorrect uh, at least in the case of uh jesse schramm who plays cinderella slash ashley boyd uh, she uh, is from Chicago originally, and she moved out to L.A. Uh, she has a very long list of uh, recurring and guest spots on roles uh, in shows like Drake and Josh, Veronica Mars, and House. Wait. Uh-huh. She's done like one episode, like an episode here, an episode there of a bunch of shows in the early 2000s. I knew, but the thing is her face looked familiar, and I grew up on Drake and Josh, so that probably yep. is where that connection's at. Probably. Damn. That's awesome. Yeah. And her most recent has been, um, her most recent credit, I should say, has been on, she's been on Chicago Med, apparently, for the last three years. I have not watched that. Neither have I, but she's been working, which is good for her. I got burnt out from Grey's Anatomy, so I've taken a break from hospital shows. That is fair. But yeah, I I assumed that she was a Canadian hire. I don't really know why. Like, um, Megan Ori, who plays Ruby, uh, was a local hire. Um, The guy who played Billy, whose name I can never remember... (laughs) He's a local hire because he's also on uh, The 100, which is another show that filmed in Vancouver. I never finished The 100. But you've seen him. But I've seen enough of it. Yeah. So I just always figured that Jesse Schramm was also a local hire. I was incorrect. I made a funny, a funny. Um, I went to ask myself, why is Rumple obsessed with babies? And then remembered the fairy tale. So yeah well okay so that leads into one of the things like this is very much a fairy tale mashup episode right because you've got the cinderella story yes. in addition to uh the rumpelstiltskin story why this version of rumpelstiltskin um wants children is i was gonna say it's unclear it's unclear at this point okay um it's never explicitly stated but there's implications as the season goes on why he may want people's children but i can't i can't say with any app any like level of absolute certainty if i'm correct in my assumption i mean it's disturbing he wants babies so it's like it what is you, what you do in there rumple i you know i don't know i i wish i could say i know what he's doing there but i really i don't but i do like that they're mashing up some of the fairy tales a little bit just kind of breathe a little more life into them rather than doing just like strict retellings of them like they're all in this world together Mm -hmm. right so why not mix all them up together like it makes sense yeah like we've seen little red um and granny in like the pilot so they're clearly involved with snow white well then even seeing snow and charming or snow and 
we're oh yeah we're sticking to charming because i was this like wait charming. a minute is that his name uh snow and charming at uh cinderella's what? wedding i was like oh they're yeah. there it's so sweet and that's when i had that moment yeah. of like jennifer goodwin has to be amazing because she's so sweet as snow she's she's adorable she's adorable i know she's whole, like so much older than me too but yeah. it's fine Adorable's the word it is I wrote down Snow, the bisexual icon, the man she pushed aside to dance with Cinderella is just standing there. Sorry, that's like a flappy hands moment. I love that. Yeah, it was it was it was cute. Um, Yeah, Cinderella calls him James until you've seen a certain episode of the season. I can't comment on that yet. I literally am sitting here like this man has so many names. He's got so many names. We're going to stick with Charming and that's much easier. Um, the timing of the wedding, because again, I'm I'm a timeline nerd, as as that's what I do with this, because it, I make sense out of chaos. Um, I've placed this between when he wakes her up, but before the wedding. So they are the royal couple, but this is before. So they so in in my according to my timeline, um, Cinderella and Thomas get married before Snow and Charming. Are you sure? I am certain. Okay. It didn't come off that way is the only reason I ask. It, it felt like they were already married. They're introduced as like the royal couple. Um, but And this is my interpretation of the timeline. Other people have other interpretations. But given what I know about how much time occurs between the wedding and the curse, there's not enough time for that wedding to happen and for them to also get pregnant. Oh. So. And that's depending on how fast they got pregnant. It does depend on how fast they got pregnant. <laughs> not everyone's like me and gets pregnant instantly exactly so like there may be time well that was another note that i wrote down for uh the king like dude calm down they just got married there's no rush to make babies immediately have you read priory i have not (laughs) the whole point of the the royal in that is literally to get pregnant they're like you have to keep we need an heir now Okay. And I'm seeing that in a lot of fantasy books, and it's killing me. So I'm just like, yeah. can we stop having to make so many babies? Just give me dragons. Dragons. Dragons are better. Dragons are better. I need more Maleficent. I mean, so do I. Um, I. You'll see her one more time this season. Only once? Only once. Because again, remember, um, True Blood was actively going on at this time. Like when they hired her, it was literally, can you fly up on Saturday, film and fly back down? True Blood scarred me. I love True Blood. <laughs> I was in high school when I gave it a try because my grandmother mm-hmm. loves the St- uh, the Suki Stackhouse novel. So I'm like, oh, this should be uh-huh. fine. And I was hanging out at my grandmother's house for the day when she was running errands. Mm-hmm. I I was like 16 watching the first episode. And I was like, this is really uncomfortable. Ooh. I'm watching this in my grandmother's house. <laughs> May Yeah. Maybe not the best time. I think I want. I think I started watching it in college. Well, I also like actually had a discussion with my grandmother, and she's like, "Are you okay?" Because I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm like, "Grandma, why are you watching porn?" <laughs> I'm like, "That's essentially That's what it felt like." It was HBO. It was HBO. HBO is not like that as much anymore. No, it's not. But honestly, um, the rewatch podcast that she was doing with Deborah Ann Wool, who played mm-hmm. uh, what was it, Jessica is a great podcast because that one they, they do the rewatch and like it they're rewatching it they go by it ep- episode by episode i think they only did the first two seasons so far okay kind of like the uh ladies from the office yeah exactly and like not only did like they go into like production and like what it was like filming it but they also just talk about filmmaking in general and what it was and like how like the stuff is made and they also interview people um like not just actors from the show but like 
production designers, like directors, musical directors. So they can like, they, and like even like the cinematographers, like just, they can like get a very holistic, like kind of almost analysis of how the show was made. And I love it. I learned so much about filmmaking just from listening to that podcast. I love this. I am gonna have to dip my toe, I guess. I love that. Mm-hmm. And they, they dig into their fan base because every episode ends with Kristen Bauer going, y'all come back now, you hear? Like, every time. As a Southern woman, I don't know how to feel about that. It works so well, though. We don't all say that, though. <laughs> I mean, neither does Pam. Neither does Pam, but her voice just, just so perfect. She's one of those people that, like, her voice, I could listen to her talk about anything for hours. <laughs> I mean, when you start your British accent, I think we all are like that. Oh, you mean this British accent? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> here's the here's the issue. We'll go on a minute, like a mild tangent, really quickly while I use this voice. Um, for those who are listening who have watched Once Upon a Time, you likely know what character I'm modeling this voice after. Katie has not heard this voice and will not hear this voice for likely two and a half years. What? <laughs> Unfortunately, all of the British actors on the show right now are not using the native accents. I agreed to this. I'm, I know, I know. Okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna stop with the voice. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to get you to use that voice for so long. Once we get to the point when that character shows up, then I'll use it all the time. I that promise. was phenomenal. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, uh, to anybody out there, y'all don't understand. We have a lovely group chat with all of our friends, and you just have random voice messages of Lauren talking in this accent, and all of us are like, yes. Like everybody loves it. Um, she will be narrating some very fun books in the future. Someday. Someday. You have the mic. I do have the microphone. Okay, so we're off with the voice. Any other fun facts for me? Because I'm excited. Um, I do have some more fun facts. Some of them are a little are more continuity error uh, thingies that I did not notice. Oh. Um, but one of them one of them does lead into a fandom story time. I'll do that one last. Um, but apparently. Uh, when Cinderella signs the contract at the beginning of the episode. Yes. If you look very, very closely, um, she starts signing with a C, which indicates that her name is actually Cinderella and Ella is a nickname, or she's just brainwashed. That's my commentary on top of that. Yeah, because isn't the the lore of Cinderella is because she sleeps near the hearth? Exactly. It's that her name is Ella and she wakes up with cinders on her, so they call her Cinderella. But apparently... She just, uh, that's the way that she started signing it. Um, and it starts with a C if you look very, very closely. I was too uh, focused on how skinny Rumpelstiltskin was. <laughs> he like squat his legs down and I'm like, his legs are so he, thin. He's very tiny. He's tiny. And that's the first I realized but, how tiny he was because I usually see him in the yeah. suit. So it's really hard to tell. And his hair, like, it's hard yeah. to tell. But like in that costume, kneeling the way he did to get her to sign, I was like, that is a tiny mm-hmm. man. Yeah, it is. And at the very end, also when he's bending down to kind of look at the second contract that she gives him, that one's a case of my blooper brain rot uh, happening again. Because uh, when she like shows him the contract and goes, no, I think it's more than fair. The blooper for that one is that. And he goes like, oh, yes, yes, it is. Yes. Apart from the fact that it's upside down. She opened it upside down. <laughs> I love that. It, why why won't these things leave my brain is my question. I don't have an answer for know. you because the stuff I've got in my head, I don't know why. Well, look, you said Cinderella the way you did. And now all I have in my head is the classic cartoon. Cinder, Cinderella, Cinderella, like the song that the mice sing. Cinderella. Cinderella, thank you. It's 
I'm not even saying it right in my own head, but it's in my head. Like the the tune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's actually my like least favorite of the classic cartoons. Yeah, it's not one of my favorites either. I'm I'll not be a honest. Huge it's fan just of Cinderella. Um, if I wasn't ever so inclined to like watch all of the Disney animated like in order, I would probably never watch Snow White or Cinderella. I don't think I would watch Snow White, Cinderella. I don't mind Sleeping Beauty. I like Sleeping Beauty. But it's also short. I also really like the... I've only seen the first Maleficent movie. I haven't seen mm-hmm. the second one. I should probably watch that That one's too. a trip. That one's a trip? Um, that one, I watched it with a friend of mine. Like It was uh, alumni weekend. We went back up to our college town and we went to go see it because nothing else to do. And we're just like, what are we watching? Was that like the second uh, Alice in Wonderland movie? I never saw that Through one. Through the Looking Glass? Never saw it. I've seen bits and pieces, but I couldn't follow it. Oh. <laughs> but then you have, like, Beauty and the Beast. And I'm like, okay, give me that. It definitely, like, the cl- I love a lot of the classics, but Beauty and the Beast will always be a favorite just because I've yeah. always been the, the reader. So, And the then realizing I ended up with, like, a very hairy man speaks some interesting things to me. <laughs> I, in reference, I mean that my husband is quite hairy and has a very large beard. Um, yes. Because I, I saw a meme once or something. It was like, if you actually preferred how the beast looked before he transitioned, <laughs> you may want to look at some things. Do a little bit of introspection. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a little bit. Something I wrote down, again in all caps, um, why does she need to walk him to the school bus? The The world building of the school bus will just continue to bother me. If everything seems to be in walking distance, why is there a school bus? It is. At one point, you're going to see Mary Margaret leave Granny's and go to her car. Her apartment is on the same street. It doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> that does lead into one of another one of the fun facts. or Not, not necessarily a fun. It's part fun fact, part, um, part fandom story time. Um... I was looking at the signs in the scene when Graham pulls up and, you know, basically tries to forcibly ask or forcibly ask uh, Emma to be a deputy by just stepping in front of her. Um, All of like the um, banners behind him are food restaurants. Um, You'll see Storybrooke uh, coffee. There's Dave's fish and chips. There's some kind of Greek tavern that's behind him or taverna, whatever it is. Um, Apparently, they didn't do the best at Greeking these because they would come in before filming and change all the signage to be storybook or to be fairy tale themed rather than being the actual uh, actual businesses. But there are some cases where in one frame it says Storybrook and in another frame it says Steveston. They just didn't, I guess they just filmed something before or they just, I don't know what happened there. But the fact that this corner of like of the main street is filled with restaurants as I've said before, I'm from the fan fiction side of uh, once of the Once Upon a Time fandom, and more specifically, like the Tumblr RP roleplay group, where like we would like it's basically. I remember those days. You know, basically collaborative fan fiction. I write one character, someone else writes the other character, and we go about our days. I used to do that, but not on Tumblr. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of places that people do this. I don't know if I want to admit where I did it. <laughs> I, I don't know that's up to you um but amongst the R- amongst the rp fandom there seems to have been this consensus that the only restaurant in town is granny's there's no other places to eat apparently yeah, i was about to ask like how do you have all these places but everybody's always at granny's exactly so like we basically either the sh- either the show kind of made us forget this or no one paid attention because there are not very many instances on the show where they go to other restaurants 
I can think of one instance where Emma goes to an Italian restaurant. Um, I think that might be it. Like any other time anyone goes, and there's also an ice cream parlor that I don't, that I think they decide is in the building next to Granny's. It's not there yet. Right now, I think it's something else. That's, that space will change a couple of times. Although actually, that's a continuity error because when we do see the ice cream ice cream place, it's always it, it had always been there. That's a whole other thing. The continuity gets me. It's the con the continuity sometimes is is not the best, which leads me to something else. Not to just take over the entire thing real quick here. My thing of I wrote in our notes. I really want to talk about how they imprisoned Rubble. Yes, I do too. Because so. The line is, um, it's a quill that the blue fairy charmed. This is a detail that gets basically just like retconned like very quickly in the next season. So like they're not even pretending and they do make a point of saying it wasn't actually the quill. It was, it was the ink is what they say. They say it because they need, they need some other deus ex machina piece of magic to help them out next season. That's what it is. It's deus ex magic item. I love that though. I think I wrote down at one point Regina is just like is just Deus ex evil moment. That that's that's what she is for these two episodes. Is she just pops in, evil moment, leaves. I can't wait to get more of her though. I me too. You'll get you'll get much more of her in the next episode. Okay, good. I need more. Yeah. But they almost immediately retcon, like I wrote down the blue fairy cast a spell on it. Or not. Like because because they just decided that that didn't that didn't work. Um <laughs> At all. But that does put the timing of this to be before, obviously, that scene in the pilot when um, they go to go see him because he's already imprisoned, right? Yeah. But, like, it felt too easy. It didn't make sense that it actually tricked him. I was like, Rumpel's smarter than this. Why did this work? That will come up um, not quite this season, more so next season. Because um, as, like, we've established that he can kind of see the future a little bit. He knows where he needs to be and what needs to happen. So he knows that he's not he's not really being bamboozled. So he knows that he needs to be in that prison cell when the curse hits. So this is his way of getting there. All right, another theory. Mm-hmm. I don't think only Regina knows that the town's cursed. I, I can't. I can't. I know. This. I'm just throwing out there that I think Rumble knows too. I think he is too powerful and too mm-hmm. magical. I could That's say fair. He's very magical. to not know. Like he's too aware. Okay. Like you just said, you can he can see the future. So how yeah. does he not know? Look, I'm having fun with these theories. I can't find it. I can't wait to find out if I'm wrong or right. I really can't. <laughs> I need you to will know. find out. So far, so far, every theory you've asked about, an answer is forthcoming. Yeah. So there's that. So like I so far you haven't asked me about something that like the show never addresses. Because if that's the case, I will tell you. Yeah, just, you know, Beauty and the Beast is <laughs> gonna be interesting yeah it's it's coming that's it's coming in on four that's on that's in eight episodes eight so see you in two months <laughs> <laughs> basically so near the end and everything's going on with the regina like i'll be back at this time i legitimately was sitting there like regina i get it i was a single mom i get it <laughs> i would have my saturday meeting too the saturday city council meetings I mean, good choice. I mean, it's great. It's a good, it's, it's good. Um, oh, I meant Graham. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, him too. 
<laughs> Grammar's a good choice. Um, so, Madam Mayor, that position is so unfair in all caps. I love it. It's just, it's just like that. But then my I, at the end, when they do the big reveal that it's a gram, I'm like, how did your socks get that far under the bed? What did you do? But like his socks are like, he has to like bend down and like really reach under the bed to get those socks. Like how did they end up like midway under the bed is my question. Unless he like threw them there. I'm thinking of like the physics of this. I'm like, how? Yeah. Even if you're like trying to throw them off before activities, Mm then how do they land under the bed? Where are you that they're landing under the bed when you throw them? Like, are you across the room just going here? Let me throw my socks under the bed. I don't know. Like that's like, that feels like a very deliberate thing to be doing. But it's for that shot to get his face. It's it, they literally exactly, only did it for a for. shot so that they could get his the, the yeah. actual look at his face and it'd be a surprise. I I I mean, you could just had him coming out of the shower. I'd be fine. Just saying. Yeah, I feel like I just just seeing him in the mirror. Oh, wiping the mirror would have been great. Yeah, like, just right. Do a, like, like a wipe of the mirror. The socks doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. This one was written and directed by a pairing that in past rewatches, um, when they write and direct episodes, I generally don't like them. And this can transition us into the, into the stats. Um, well enough, the writer, David H. Goodman, when he writes episodes that are directed by other people, um, they're almost always episodes that I love. So he's got a knack for certain characters. Okay. Um, but for some reason, every time they pair him and David Solomon together, um, there's just something about the episodes that are not my favorites. Um, yeah. This one was very rumple, stiltskin heavy. Um, and as much as I do enjoy, um, I, I like Mr. Gold more than I like rumple. Um, that may shift as the, as the show goes on, but Mr. Gold is fairly honest about what he wants right now. He just wants his agreements honored. He just kind of, he's he's out to do bad things, but like he's fairly open and honest about it. Rumple tends to bother me. So. Uh, I, I I don't really have much of an opinion on Rumple yet. He's very flam- mm-hmm. he's flamboyant. He's just kind of there. He's there, but he's he's interesting. He is. I will, We'll get more of him, obviously, as the show goes on. I think in oh, episode eight, right? Is that the number? Yes, episode eight is going to be, like, a big backstory for him. Okay. And then, because, like, I didn't hate the episode. I think I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It's not my one of my highest ranked, really. Okay. Um, I think the continuity errors also got me a little bit as well. Because even at the end, yeah, I got really bothered by the fact that he ran inside, made it just up the stairs. How did she not see yeah. him? How? Because they wanted to make a they wanted to make a Cinderella gag. Which is but fine. But it was just so obvious that she would have seen him. Oh, absolutely. She she absolutely would have. Yeah. This one is either ignoring that he went out <laughs> or yeah. is blind. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She's blinded by something. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's yeah. yeah, probably not actually. So for numbers, I'll give the ranking right now for this one. So I, I told you that there was uh, a stopping of the tens for, this one, for a it? while. This is the start of it. I gave this one a five. Do you think it feels personal. like it's because it's Cinderella? No, it's because, I think it's because there's too much Rumpelstiltskin. You really don't like Rumpelstiltskin. I really don't. He like He's just a character that as the show goes on, it may become apparent why I don't like him. Okay. Um, it does take a while, but also it, it takes a little while to kind of get to the, to, I feel like for new viewers to get to the point where I really don't like him. 
Okay, that's fair. Because um, right now he's just right now he's just kind of there creating chaos. So like from a new viewer yeah. perspective, he's fine. Maybe that's why I don't mind him very much. He's creating chaos. <laughs> exactly, but I know what happens, so it doesn't make me like this any any like I I feel like it makes me like him less now, knowing what will happen, which isn't entirely fair. But that's kind of what I'm operating under. So I gave this one a five for personal. I gave it a nine for character. Honestly, outside of him, I like the character growth in this episode. I like seeing how Emma uh, is kind of fighting her instincts, like her self-preservation. And she's just kind of like, she's decided like, yep, we're going to help people and do the things. Um, And the through line of like, you know, if you're going to, if you want to change your life, you have to be the one to do it. I like that a lot. Um, Emma's line of um, there are no fairy godmothers in this world people are going to tell you your whole life who you are but you just got to punch back and say no this is who I am almost immediately after Regina said to her people don't change they only fool themselves into believing they can (laughs) maybe 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 not but I do like that this is a lot of growth for Emma um, especially as she decides to put down the roots Um, and plot I gave it a seven it's an enjoyable plot you know um other than Ruby kind of throwing them on a wild goose chase um, briefly, I have no main issues with the plot. I think it's a good mashup of the Rumpelstiltskin and the Cinderella stories. And I think there's good crossover um, like of like events and kind of correlation between the flashbacks and the Swordbrook arc. So. I gave character an eight. I had Ruby in this one. I was okay. happy. There was more Ruby than usual. Yeah, Ruby. Um, yeah. I, I don't dislike Mr. Gold or Rumpelstiltskin. But I also mm-hmm. don't like him. Like he's kind of okay, he's kind of right. in the middle right now because I, I I enjoy the chaos happening, but then everything being surrounded to babies makes me feel weird. Like as a mother, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not his main thing. I will say we see it a couple of times, um, but there is a justification for it that I I haven't I have inferred, so okay. which may or may not make it better. Just feels like there's so much happening with babies, and I'm just like I've had babies. This isn't a simple mm-hmm. keep or get away. Like it's so yeah. much more complex, I feel. And so I felt a little bit weird mm-hmm. about that. Uh, plot, I gave it a seven. I knew there was going to be Cinderella. This is based off of fairy tales. I don't yeah. like the story of Cinderella, personally. Just fair. Not my favorite story. It's just not interesting to me. It's one of those that it's like, fairy godmother helps her out and she's off to a man and that for me i'm just like well this is boring (laughs) um that's that's no i like my i i yeah no and so personal is like i I gave it at least an eight so this is tied this tied my score with the first episode Um, okay so what's the total 23 okay oh i should have said before i didn't mine my total is 21 so right now it's my lowest ranked episode so my these are these two so far of my lowest rank. The first episode and this episode are both twenty three. My highest okay. rank so far is episode two. And mine is episode three. Uh, episode three, I gave a twenty six. Yeah, I think I gave I gave Snowfalls. I think a twenty eight. So so far though, no thirties ever at all in anything. Yeah, I don't know. At least I'm trying to think ahead to what I'm going to give. I think I know where my first thirty is coming from. I don't. I know. Yeah, you you have no. Yeah, you're you're coming into this blind. I can think of one episode of Bob's that I already know is a thirty, mm-hmm. but you okay. got some time until that one. I think it's like season gotcha. ten. Ooh, uh, I do not remember. I don't know. Like scoring wise, like continuing watching both shows. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't know with Once Upon a Time. Like you have, yeah. With Bob's, yeah, I have. I have the whole show. 
there's so many good ones, but I don't know which ones I would consider 10 until I rewatch. Yeah, I think I know where my first 10 is coming from. And I I think if I am correct in how I feel when I watch these episodes, I have two in the first season. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at like the names of the episodes right now. And I'm just like, these do not give off any idea of what they're actually about. See, they don't when you first look at them. Once you watch the episode, for the most part, there is a connection. See, I, I think I, okay, okay, well, the next one, that's still Small Voice, uh, Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The rest? Well, like this one, so actually, no idea. No idea. <laughs> well, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. That's got to be Graham, right? Yes, that's Graham. Okay. I'm just like sitting here like, what can I figure out from these? The Let's just re- take some okay. guesses. Taking some guesses real quick. Desperate Souls makes me think Little Mermaid, but I don't think that's actually what it's going to be. No. True it's North, not. no fucking clue. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why 7.15 a.m. is a title. Um, It makes sense. I promise you it makes sense. Skin Deep, I think I know. Okay. Do you want to guess? I, I, I will confirm if you're correct. Is Skin Deep Beauty and the Beast? Yes, it is. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, and then I go into these other ones, like Heart of Darkness just gives me nightmares from Academic Decathlon having to read that damn book. So. Oh, that book was terrible. Luckily, it has nothing to do with that book. Thank goodness. But it's funny that, you know, you bring up the episode titles because a fun fact that I did write down, um, because something that the fandom wiki has is the, um, translations, the international translations for when the episodes were in other, other regions. Um, so Price of Gold is not the the direct translation in every country um the most common um translation is actually the price of magic um which appears more often which to be fair honestly makes more sense considering this introduced a few uh catchphrases um one of which being all magic comes with a price rumpelstiltskin says that a lot i think i counted he says his catchphrase three times in this episode yes Um, he says that a lot yeah like all magic comes with a price he really enjoys telling people that and it comes up a lot but yeah, so there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, catchphrases in this episode. We get that one. We've all, now we've also heard "Love is weakness," which comes up a lot. Is that Regina? That's Regina said that That's in the second Regina. episode. Um, and we'll kind of see where she gets that from uh, as like as the seasons go on. Um, we also see. Um, I think we. I don't know if we've heard it yet, but we will hear it soon. "Evil's not born; it's made" is more or less a through line. I think a few people say it, um, but that one will kind of come up. Um, a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of any other catchphrases. When we have I, I Will Always Find You is how they say I love you and it gets annoying really quickly, I promise you. Oh, it already is. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I'm already like, okay, you said it. I'm already there. We know. We got it. Just kiss already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing I did want to say before we ended is there's a lot of references to things um, in this episode um, as well. Obviously we have um, just the general Cinderella contracts, all of that, like kind of referencing back to the um, the Enchanted Forest arc. Um, but Ruby's little wolf thing, like we mm-hmm. know that Ruby is little red, but like it's oh, these small course. details that they kind of throw in throughout the show that is just really fun to see. And something as we see when we see Mr. Gold's pawn shop in the light, because <laughs> now, right now it's just right now it's mostly we saw it at night when she breaks in and things. Um, mm-hmm. There are little Easter eggs to things in that episode. Um, actually, one of them we'll see in the next episode um, that you can see in that frame. Um, I won't tell you what it is, but you'll you might notice it when you see it. But there'll be like things like hidden Mickey's. Even they'll throw them in there because this is Disney. That's adorable. 
One not so hidden. It's right there, but you do kind of have to look for it. Well, uh, remind me when I go to watch it. Sounds good. I have to, I don't even remember what episode it's in. Thank you all for listening. Join us next time when we discuss Bob's Burgers episodes, season one, episode seven, Bed and Breakfast, and season one, episode eight, Art Crawl. Don't forget to like, rate, and follow the podcast wherever you listen so you can be notified every time we publish a new episode. And follow us at obdyk underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. This has been an episode of OK, But Did You Know? A TV and media podcast. It was hosted by Lauren and Katie and edited by Lauren.